Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to rewatching Supernatural from the CW. Welcome back to Supernatural Cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, as always, and it is good to be back with the Supernatural Cast. It has been a couple weeks since we've um, had our last edition, and uh, as always, I am sorry for that delay, but life is busy, especially during the holiday season. I don't know how much I've mentioned about this, but I do make e-commerce websites, and this is the e-commerce time of year with Cyber Monday coming up and such, so work is rather busy, my wife's work is busy, and so yeah, just <laughs> it's been hard to find time to do just life. And so I am glad to be back. It is time to uh, take a look at some Supernatural, and this episode this week, we are focusing in on episode six of season one, Skin, which dealt with the first skinwalker shapeshifter whatever you would like to call them it does feature peter shinkoda i guess is how you say that and he now is a regular on fallen skies and i mentioned before i do a podcast about them should have a new episode of that coming out probably over this thanksgiving weekend uh, where we take a look back at i think it is episode number three um during this off season for that show but anyway i i swear i know him from and you know one of these you know early episodes of watching supernatural is like oh cool it is Die from Falling Skies. Awesome. And uh, there's other people like that. Later on in the first, I think it's the first season, we see Taylor Cole, who was in an episode here. That a lot of people like her character, I think, from what I've heard. Uh, but she was on the event that I also did a podcast about. So I thought that was kind of cool crossover moments. Anyway, getting back to Peter Shinkoda, he is the businessman who uh, appears to have you know, brutalized his wife. But obviously it is the shapeshifter. And the businessman had the business trip called off or whatever. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the recap, which will be coming up here in just a moment. But other than that, I do want to mention a couple things really, really briefly. I think I've forgotten to mention these. And, and one of these, a couple of these, I don't know, I haven't had a chance to. I did check out a movie a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it on Facebook, I think on Twitter. Jared Padalecki was a part of. And it was a movie basically about the painter Thomas Kincaid and... Jared Padalecki actually played Thomas Kincaid, and uh, it's a Christmas movie. That's the, me and my wife started watching Christmas movies um, a while back. It's called The Christmas Cottage, and it also featured um, Aaron Asmore, who was Jimmy Olsen on Smallville. And so those are the two people I recognize most notably up here as of late, but there's definitely several older characters. A couple characters in that movie I thought were really cool to see again, one of which, um, a guy named Big Jim in the movie, was played by Richard Maul, who you may know as Bull Shannon from Night Court. Hadn't seen him in anything since Jingle All the Way, I don't think. And so it was great to see Richard Maul again. Chris Elliott, who used to be around in the 90s, was on Saturday Night Live, and David Letterman Show, and other things. He played a guy named Ernie. Several older actresses and actors... One of the other ones I thought was really cool was Charlotte Ray, and uh, maybe this is just my generation, maybe you younger folks might not recognize who this is, but she was on Facts of Life. She was Mrs. Garrett, and she was the piano player in the church. I thought that was pretty cool, and there's a couple other people like that, like Ed Asner, Peter O'Toole, um, but anyway, I thought it was a, a sweet little Christmas movie. And it had Jared Padalecki. The only thing with him and with Aaron Asmore, I really couldn't get past the fact that I know them as Jimmy Olsen and Sam Winchester for the most part. But it was still a cute little movie. 
and you know it's Christmas time you don't have anything to watch check it out it's on instant watch on Netflix and it's a fun little movie alright also I did want to mention this a while back several wow I don't know a couple months ago now I guess it was um, I actually downloaded a free ebook it was on the the iBooks and I think it's on Kindle um, and it's called Wendingo and it's just a short story written I think it was early 1900s uh, about some hunters to go out into the woods uh, with a Native American guide and they basically venture off into the Wendingo area and you know bad things happen and it's actually a really good story it's short uh, I read through it in just a brief amount of time and I really enjoyed it doesn't exactly line up you know, with this supernatural version of things, and, it, and those things never do, I guess, because supernatural has its own take on whatever monster they're talking about. But it was it's still a fun little read. And so, if you have iBooks, you have Kindle, check out Wendingo. It's a really short read. I highly recommend it. All right, well, I guess that's enough random <laughs> supernatural related stuff. We're going to jump into our supernatural recap for Skin. Supernatural Recap. Alright, as we've talked about doing a few episodes back, we're going to break them down by the, the chapter functions on the menu there on the DVD or the Blu-ray. Chapter 1 is entitled Bound to Die. And we get the previously on. This episode is in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, in a big city. Uh, most of the stuff that happens in, in, in the Supernatural episodes are not. This is one of those that is, and so I thought I'd point that out just briefly. Uh, we see a woman who is bound with a, to a chair and gagged. We hear some awesome 60s music playing. The SWAT team closes in. They find the woman. She points the way to the assailant, and it is revealed that it's Dean. Dun, dun, dun. All right, chapter two. It's called Dark Devils. Um, we go back to one week earlier, which I, li I like shows that do this, by the way. Just throw this in there. Smallville started to do this quite a bit. Supernatural does this quite a bit where they show you something that doesn't make much sense and then they take you a week back and then you lead up to those events to make it make sense. I like that. So anyway, we cut to one week earlier. Sam and Dean are at a, a store getting ready for their trip. Sam's still checking emails from his friends back in college. Dean doesn't like that idea and basically says that he thinks he should have to be antisocial to do their job, more or less. But we, we see that Rebecca Warren has sent Sam an email that her brother's being arrested for some murder that he didn't commit. And so Dean doesn't want to drag, take a 400-mile detour, but they do anyway. So Rebecca and Sam are glad to see each other. Rebecca's at her parents' house. I guess she's going home for some break or something if she's still in school. And she tells the the fellows how Zach came home from, from his trip and found his fiance beat up and tied to a chair. He called the police and they arrested him. And basically the only way he could have done this if he was in two places at the same time, the police even have a video of him coming home at 10.30, even though he was with Rebecca until after midnight. Sam says he's a cop. He says he's a detective in Bisbee, Arizona, which he actually mentioned Bisbee, Arizona, on his little map before when he was trying to plan out the little trip, which is kind of funny. Dean just doesn't think this is their kind of case, but he's still going along with it. The guys and the Rebecca go over to the crime scene. There's blood everywhere. They did say that there's something strange happened. Someone broke in a week prior to this and stole some of the guy's clothes. And then she also notes that the dog next door used to be really sweet, but something's changed around the time of the murder. And then so basically maybe Fido saw something. For somehow, also, doesn't not exactly make sense. Rebecca has the security footage. So they want to go watch that. All right, well, now we see Zach, who's outside a building. He's watching a businessman leave town and kissing his lady before he leaves. 
as this kind of creepy guy watches the young lady walk away, his eyes turn white. Sam and Dean return to Rebecca's place. They watch the video, and they see that at 10.04, Zach returned home, which isn't quite the same time frame. It actually says 22.04, which is 10.04. But anyway, and apparently the tapes have been examined and proven to be real. There's a Hooters reference thrown in there, and Sam notices the glowing white eyes, and he says maybe a doppelganger, a dark double of Zach. And we see this businessman returning home, and uh, he's looking for Lindsay. He finds blood everywhere. She's tied up and says, please don't hurt me anymore. The guy goes out to investigate a noise and runs into himself with wide eyes, of course, and with a bat. Sam and Eve arrive at the house at 5.30 a.m. and look for the trail, the dark double. And since the police don't think the guy ever left, they have no reason to look for this trail. Sam finds blood on a light pole. The fellows end up chasing an ambulance that passes by, and they find out that another man tried to kill his wife while beating her up. Dean is convinced that this is definitely their kind of problem, and he learns the businessman was his way home when the attack occurred, and he says he saw himself inside. This is a really long chapter, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> Sam theorizes again that it could be a shapeshifter. Dean says all cultures have legends of people who can shift into other animals, and again, they bring up the idea of skinwalkers or werewolves. And Sam wants to know if there's any lore that these things can fly because he picked up a trail that suddenly ends. And Dean mentions, well, it could go down. So they go into the sewer system. And apparently the shapeshifter has definitely been using these tunnels. We see the skin that is shed laying in several different piles around. Um, and the fellows say there's one sure way to kill this thing. That's a silver bullet, which can kill a lot of things. Not everything, but a lot of things in this show. They go back into the sewers. They find some more puke-inducing skin. And the shapeshifter surprises Dean. Gets a couple of good hits in. Sam wastes two silver bullets. Sam and Dean chase after. Unable to keep up. They split up to look for him. How do you really look for a shapeshifter is my question. He could be anybody. And then why did Dean walk around with his gun out? I thought that was really, really strange. And then finally Dean walks up to Sam and asks if he found anything. They head back to the car and we see that it's the shapeshifter, not Dean. Good cliffhanger, by the way. All right, we moved into chapter number three. Where's Dean? Sam and the fake Dean return to their car. Sam decides to test him out, asking him a question about a shapeshifter in San Antonio. The fake Dean says it was actually in Austin and it was a psychic projection. And the uh, this fake shapeshifter version of Dean likes the arsenal in the trunk. Sam pulls his weapon and he has a chance to shoot, but he doesn't. And he is hit with a tire iron and taken to the subterranean lair of the shifter. He's tied to a steel beam, gets greeted with a punch to the face when he wakes up. And the this is the part of the episode where we learn the shapeshifter can access Dean's memories and even kind of goes into some of Dean's issues with Sam. And then he says he's going to go see Rebecca, which is a nice little plot device. <laughs> Fake Dean sweet talks his way into the house while Sam is trying to get free. Um, and this the, the shifter actually tells Rebecca about about the shapeshifter, which is kind of funny, and we even get a little bit of his backstory. He's talking about evolution, mutation, and how it was born different and hideous and hated, and finally it learned to become someone else. And then we go back over to Sam and Dean, and they're trying to get loose this whole time where they have a conversation about how the shifter is becoming Dean and even accessing his memories, and that he didn't possibly didn't kill them because he needs a psychic connection. He needs him to be alive. They get free, they call the police, and then we soon see that Dean, or the fake Dean's smooth-talking ways are not working anymore. Rebecca tries to call the cops, but fake Dean hits her, knocks her to the ground, ties her up, 
And the next we see is pretty much where the episode started, where she is all bloodied and beaten and tied up to the chair. And the shifter, the fake Dean, is about to kill her when the police burst into the house. And we, we catch up with the scene that started the episode. Where, but this time we do see that the shifter actually throws his knife into one of the cops, jumps out the window, and is shot at. And looks to be injured, I guess, from the jump. And then, I honestly think it was some pretty nice special effects, especially for a TV show. We see the shifter shed its Dean's skin, and it was pretty graphic, actually, I thought. All right, we're going to go over into chapter number four on the DVD menu, and that is Score to Settle. And we starts off with the TV talking about Dean attacking Rebecca. And they have a crude police sketch, I guess, of Dean. He doesn't, Dean doesn't like that likeness. He's kind of unhappy about that. He's kind of disappointed. They determined that they think that maybe the shifter drove his car over to Rebecca, so they're going to go over there to try to get some weapons to fight this thing. But along the way, this, the cops surround them. Sam takes one for the team and gets arrested. Um, Dean does make it back to the car. He gets a gun and goes hunting for the shifter alone in the sewer. Sam is out of jail really fast, it seems. That's the next thing we see. He's at Rebecca's house. But the shapeshifter has taken Rebecca's form, and Sam, again, is the one that's knocked out and, and tied up again. Um, Dean finds Rebecca, the real one, down in the, the shifter's lair. He gets her, takes her free. And then we have the battle between Sam and Dean. Granted, it was the shifter version of Dean. And it appears that Sam is about to be choked out when Dean arrives, saves today with a couple of silver bullets to the chest of the shifter, the shifter did remain in Dean's form when he died. It wasn't like a, some of the old werewolf movies where a werewolf gets shot and it turns back to a human. It stayed looking like Dean. And this special effect here, when Dean walks up to touch the, the shapeshifter Dean, looks a little off, but he does get his necklace back. All right, in the last chapter, um, the short part here at the end, is Missing the Funeral. We have a nice little bookend here for the episode where Dean is once again mapping out a route on the map. And then Rebecca has kind of been built in on the family business. She can't, you can't believe it, says she and the others at school miss Sam. And um, basically Sam does inform Dean that the cops believe Dean Winchester killed uh, several of these people that the forensic tape was tampered with. And that basically due to the blood and evidence found down the, the lair, Jack will be out of jail soon. And Dean, Dean says he's sorry that Sam isn't and can't be Joe College. And that they're both freaks. And then he... Um, it's kind of sad because he's missing his own funeral. All right, well, that's going to be our Supernatural recap for this episode. We're going to jump over into the top five moments of the episode. Supernatural 5, we'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. And we're going to start that countdown with number five. Yes, this is probably one of those basic things, but we'll talk about it real quickly. Either way, Rebecca messages Sam about her brother's arrest, and even though Dean doesn't look, think it's one of their kind of cases, they go to help 400-mile detour, I do believe it was. And so, obviously, it's a Supernatural episode. They haven't had many of these that I can think of, maybe any at all, that weren't dealing with some form of Supernatural something. And so, this definitely turns, into be, <laughs> turns out to be one of their kind of cases, um, just like they all do. Well, I guess that's going to be number five on our list. Number four, after speaking with Rebecca, reviewing the evidence, seeing the, even the videotape, and then kind of investigating some on the side, and then also hearing the story of the businessman who came home 
to find his wife tied up and beaten and then see himself, they determine that they are truly dealing with a shapeshifter. They'd had a few other ideas of what it might have been, what it could have been. Um, they mentioned some things that sound very close to a shapeshifter. They didn't actually call it that um, at, up until this point. And so they even know how to kill a shapeshifter, as we soon learn, that is with silver bullets, which is a, a good thing to know, how to, how to defeat your foe. All right, well, number three, the shifter posing as Dean attacks Rebecca, which gets Dean's picture on the news, connects him with the other murders, and eventually has him blamed for several deaths, which is bad for Dean, but okay, I guess in other ways we'll get to that um, next part here in just one second. But yeah, definitely not good to see your face on TV accused of a crime you didn't commit because something other than you that looked like you committed the crime. Bad news all around there. But that was one of the key moments of the episode. And then we'll go ahead and talk briefly about the next one. Number two is Dean is, is killed as far as the police are concerned with, with the silver bullets. <laughs> He's, they find this Dean Winchester guy dead and they bury him. And so the man who had been accused of these murders, well, one I guess one murder and one attempted murder, was found dead and was buried. So Dean Winchester is no more as it comes to the legal realm which works out pretty good for him i think at least for a little while and then just going into that just that'll take us right into number one point but why the, the this fake dean Chen winchester's dead and that is that dean saved sam by killing the shifter with the two silver bullets to the chest and that was this kind of classic monster movie moment the the beast if you will was attacking the loved one and the hero comes along and saves the day by killing the creature. And so I definitely enjoyed this episode. I guess that's going to be the end of our top five moments for the most part. But I do think this was a good episode. I, I like this um, line of things here with the whole shape-shifting thing. A good introduction to the, the mythology of the show. Um, and definitely is something they, they touch on again in the future. And um, speaking of that, we'll go ahead and go into our slight little spoiler section where we'll just briefly talk about a few things here that are connected to some stuff that happened in the future episodes. Uh, nothing too detailed, nothing too long, so if you're not really up to date on all the episodes, um, you might want to skip ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that right now, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and talk real briefly about some other things that kind of to connect to this episode. So again, one more time, spoiler warning now. All right, well, with the shapeshifters, we definitely come back to that class of, of creature several times. Um, one, of the, one of the ones that really stick out in my mind was the bank robbery episode where there, there's the bank robbery and there's the, uh, the guy who believes in all the conspiracy theories and actually has the right track as far as um, seeing something on the videotapes and stuff. But basically, the shapeshifters in the bank, they don't know who it is. Not that they even know that it is a shapeshifter, I don't think, for a while, but... That was a good episode, but that also ties into another storyline that went on, and I think that's probably where that, that storyline started, where the FBI agent is tracking Dean. I think I think there's actually another episode where they help Linda Blair from The Exorcist kind of track down some long-ago killer-type thing, and that's when they determined that Dean was not dead, I think. And then that led into this next episode where the FBI agent was looking for him. Anyway, that goes on for a while where the FBI is looking for them. And it actually ended, if you remember, the episode with Lilith 
um, the, the guys and some others are trapped in the police station. Demons are surrounding it, all this black smoke everywhere. And Sam and Dean think the day has been saved. They leave, and then the demons rush in at some time later and kill the FBI agent, who actually at that point had learned the truth and was on their side. Um, and he actually hooked them up with a nice little phone call to Washington before he passed away, before he was murdered, if you will, by the by the demon. So, again, it worked out pretty well for the guys in that situation, even though they lost an, a new ally. All right, well, that's going to wrap up that brief little spoiler talk, and we're going to move into our next section of the podcast. It's time for the Supernatural Travelogue. Well, all right, it is time for the Supernatural Travelogue, and this week we were dealing with real-life locations, which is always fun, and in this case, we were dealing with most um, of the time St. Louis. We have some missions of some other places as well. St. Louis is one of the bigger cities there in Missouri. It's the 58th largest city in the country. It has a population of over 300,000 people, found way back in 1764. Long, long ago, and it is a major port there on the Mississippi River. And there's all sorts of sports teams and breweries and things that are, you know, they're there that are very famous. Uh, like you have the St. Louis Cardinals. They used to have a football team, St. Louis Rams, who are no longer there. Um, the St. Louis Blues. It has the famous Gateway Arch, which is definitely probably one of the key recognizable parts of that city. Um, Anheuser-Busch is, is headquartered there. Several other things like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Emerson Electronics, Energizer. It's definitely a port of uh, all sorts of things. And it is a real-life location. And that, my friends, is where the shapeshifter was living in the sewer system. Now, as to the correct um, representation of the city, we can probably assume it probably wasn't just because they're in Canada. But if you're out there and you're in the St. Louis, Missouri area, maybe you can tell us how bad the representation really was. All right, one other location that is a real location that was mentioned there on the episode was a very small town. Bisbee, Arizona has a population of just over 6,000 people, and uh, it is 82 miles southeast of Tucson. And so, yes, very small little town there in Arizona that dated back to around the 1880 or so as a mining town. And it's actually in the same county that Tombstone, Arizona, was in, which obviously was a very famous area. So that's kind of fun. But anyway, that's going to be all I guess we'll mention about Bisbee since Dean was just pretending to be a cop from there and they mentioned it on their map. All right, well, those were two real locations this week in the Supernatural Travelogue, and we'll move into folklore and mythology. This week in folklore and mythology. All right, this week in folklore mythology, I feel like we've talked about a lot of these things already, and so I don't want to get too in-depth in any of these. I know we mentioned several of these around the Wendigo episode because they brought up a lot of these as examples, such as the Skinwalker. I remember talking about that one. And the Shapeshifter Skinwalker is pretty much the same thing. It is a creature who has the ability to change shapes and shift into another form, whether it be another human or an animal. A couple of things I don't think we've mentioned before were the idea of a dark double or a doppelganger. I don't remember talking about those. If we have, it's possible, I suppose. All right, and that I guess these are kind of supposed to be the same thing. And then doppelganger is actually a German word who means double walker. And it is a double of a living person, typically representing evil or misfortune. 
But in general, it's kind of just referred to someone who looks like someone else at this point. Not necessarily that evil connotation. Um, but, but yeah, it still has that. And then one other thing I, I, I was reading up said it's the idea that you are a sensation that you've glimpsed yourself in your peripheral vision when there's no mirror or something that could have reflected that. And there's, there's another one of those things we've talked about before. A harbinger could mean like an omen or something for a bad luck. And there was legends like that going back to the Norse mythology, ancient Egypt mythology, all sorts of stuff. And there were some notable reports, according to the Wikipedia entry. Mary Shelley wrote a letter to a friend saying that, that her husband, Percy Shelley, claimed that he had met his own doppelganger, which is really weird. And there's also something Abraham Lincoln a biography from uh, Carl Sandburg. The night that President Lincoln was elected president, he was looking into a mirror across the room. He saw himself full length, but with two faces. And it bothered him, and he got up, and that illusion vanished. And actually, was a few days later, saw the same vision again while sitting there. So it must have been just some illusion in his house, which is kind of weird. I don't know, just find it funny how uh, even a president could report something weird like that. Just like Jimmy Carter is known for reporting UFO sighting back in the 70s or something. But there's been uh, movies and stuff about this type of thing. There was a movie, I think it was 93 with Drew Barrymore. There was this one called, in 2003, just called Doppelganger. Definitely something that's out there in popular culture, in different books and things. And so even Edgar Allan Poe had a short story called William Wilson. This guy's dogged by his doppelganger. Dostoevsky even had one. I mean, it's a very popular subject. So if you're interested in the whole idea of a doppelganger or a dark double, you can research it. There's all sorts of stuff out there that you can check into. And I guess that's going to wrap up our folklore mythology section for this week. And we're going to jump on over into our pop culture section, which is a really short one this week. I only noticed two things this week. Supernatural and pop culture. All right, well, early on in the episode, Dean and Sam are at Rebecca's house and mentions Hooters. That is the U.S. restaurant chain based out of Atlanta and, I guess, technically Clearwater, Florida as well. And supposedly the restaurant is named after the Hoodowls, but we all know it's talking about the lady's bosom. And because all the people who seem to be waiting there are young, attractive ladies who have ample bosoms. We'll say it that way. And I don't know, that's just kind of strange to me, honestly. But that's that's how that restaurant chain goes, and apparently they're fairly successful. I know the one here locally closed down, so I guess it wasn't <laughs> very popular here in our little town. All right, another one that I noticed was Joe College. Sam, as we all know, left college to be a hunter again after the death of Jessica. And Dean says he's sorry that Sam can't be Joe College, which is apparently a saying that came from the 1930s. Just, you know, that typical male college student where apparently everyone back in the day was called Joe. You know, we had G.I. Joe, you know, Joe Blow, Joe Schmo, <laughs> Joe Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just funny that everybody was called Joe back in the day. But that seemed to be how it goes. And honestly, that's the only two things I noticed that were in pop culture this week. If you notice some other things, please let us know. So I'm, I'm sure I could have missed something, uh, a shirt or a... A billboard, a sign, something, I don't know. I just didn't see anything else or recognize anything as I was taking notes. And so I guess that's going to be all for this short little pop culture section. We're going to jump over into The Driver Picks the Music. Driver Picks the Music. 
All right, this week we have four songs to talk about, and we'll do like we did last to go around, where I'll go ahead and tell you all four of them, and then we'll go back and talk briefly about each. The first one we heard during the early part of the show was In I Got a Davida by Iron Butterfly. We also hear Poison Whiskey by Leonard Skinner. That's a pretty popular band here on the show thus far, these first six episodes. Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter. And All Right Now by Free. All right, we're going to jump into In I Got a Davida first up. And this is um, from Iron River Lives, we just mentioned. It's from their 1968 album of the same name. And this was the time that psychedelic music kind of became heavy metal. It was actually named one of the top 25 great rock songs ever back in 2009 by VH1. And interesting enough, there is a, a story or a legend, I guess, or whatever if you want to call it, that says the title of the song was originally In the Garden of Eden, which makes lots of sense if you think about it. In the Garden of Eden. I mean, that kind of fits in there pretty good. <laughs> It is one of those strange songs that I've heard over and over and over. I honestly probably couldn't tell you any of the lyrics other than the In I Gotta Defeat Him part. Um, but it's been available out there for years and years and years. Um, the actual the original version was up to 17 minutes long. It's, there's all sorts of different versions out there. Um, it's been featured in different movies. It's been featured in The Simpsons. It was one one of the ones I really remembered it being featured in when I was fairly young was in the movie Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I think that was Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Been on Rescue Me, Criminal Minds, and then obviously here in Supernatural. All right, well, next up on the list is Poison Whiskey from Leonard Skinnerd. And this song was actually featured on the debut album of Leonard Skinnerd. Um, and it actually, you know, is pronounced Leonard Skinner does it on the on the album, which is kind of funny. And I guess otherwise people would have said Leonard Skynard, maybe, perhaps. But that album had really good songs on it. It's probably all their best songs. Um, Give Me Three Steps, Simple Man, Tuesday's Gone, Free Bird. I mean, really, that's a really good album. And along with all those, um, this lesser known one, I suppose, was Poison Whiskey. It was track number three on side two of the album. And then when it was actually re-released on CD, there was actually five extra songs put on there that were originally unreleased, which is kind of cool. So we've mentioned Leonard Skinner before. We talked about their Southern Rock heritage. But this is a song from 1973, which is in line with when most of the songs um, are on Supernatural come from back in the 60s and 70s. And the next one, however, isn't Hey Man, Nice Shot is from Filter, as we mentioned earlier. And this is or a newer song as far as Supernatural goes. It's from the 90s. It was released back in July of 95. It's actually in reference to a 1987 public suicide of Pennsylvania State Treasurer R. Bud Dyer. He was brought up on bribery charges and decided to kill himself at a press conference with a 357 Magnum. That's just crazy. I'd never heard of that, but that is what this song was about. Hey Man, Nice Shot is... You know, the final act itself. And that is crazy. Especially out in public in front of people. But I do remember this song being in The Cable Guy. I, re I really like The Cable Guy. But it's been in all sorts of stuff. Beavis and Butthead, The X-Files. But in all sorts of video games. All sorts of stuff. So it's a pretty popular song out there. We're going to move on into our last one for the evening. And that is All Right Now by Free. All right, this song, All Right Now by Free, is from an English rock band from 1970. Again, going back to that classic 
era of, of music that is traditionally shown here on the show. It was a number one hit back in the 70s. And by 1990, it had over one million radio plays. And this was on the album Fire and Water that was released back in 1970. And it's been used in an episode of The Sopranos. It was on the American Beauty soundtrack. It's been in a Wrigley's ad. It's been all covered all over the place and that sort of thing. Lots and lots of people have covered this song, like Christina Aguilera, David Cook, Bad Company, Steve Miller, on and on and on. Lots of people have covered it since it was released back in 1970. So check out All Right Now by Free. And that's going to wrap up our Driver Picks the Music segment. And we're going to move on into a little bit of what we like to call Supernatural Cast Feedback. Supernatural Cast Feedback. All right, well, over on the Facebook, we have had a few interactions there since our last episode was posted, and we'll talk about those here real quickly. First up, back um, early November, I mentioned I was watching Jared Padalecki in Christmas Cottage, and Shannon there on the Facebook page says, I saw a clip of him the other day in New York Minute, forgot he did a movie with the Olsen twins. Didn't remember that. Um, And then Shannon also says that she had heard about the Christmas College and wanted to watch it because she knew him from Gilmore Girls, which is um, where lots of people know him from, I think, from what I understand. Also, on November 17th, I posted how I was sorry that it had been delayed in this last episode. Hopefully I had more time to get it finished last Saturday, but obviously not, since it is the next Saturday today. And Shannon liked that, and also Dwayne says, It's all good. Looking forward to it. I know you'd re- I'd rather be patient and wait for a good job well done than settle for something rushed and imperfect. So thanks, Dwayne and Shannon, for those shout-outs on Facebook. We definitely appreciate that. And you can find us on Facebook, too, if you'd like. A few people have. You can just search for Supernatural Cast, and you can find us there. Then over on Twitter, we are Supernatural Cast. I try to explain every episode. It's Supernatural without the L, and then Cast, because there are limitations with the way Twitter works of how long your username can be. And unfortunately, Supernatural Cast would not fit there. But if you are on Twitter, you can find us there. As I mentioned, Supernatural Cast. We'd love to have you join us and follow us along there. Okay, we're on the Twitter. We've had several follow Fridays from my SPN site DK, iHeart Jensen A, Burn Notice Forever, I am Kate Gruber 4, Wheezy 2 Blue Basia. Um, we also have a couple messages here from Kaki Valar, maybe C A K I V A L A R says thanks for the follow. X D, which is a smiley face, I'm assuming. C B underscore baby ten underscore four. Um said she was looking forward to the next episode. Have a mention by Nerdcast blog. And oh, and also way back when, when I was watching that um, show, The Christmas Cottage, Tracker EM says it's very good, sweet. So, yeah, thanks everybody for following us on Twitter, for mentioning or following Fridaying us. I do appreciate that. And I guess that's going to wrap up our feedback section. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our show for this episode. And we would love for you to contact us. You can do that in a lot of different ways. One way you can email us at mail at supernaturalcast.com. You can find us on Twitter. We're supernaturalcast. I know it's lame. I mention every time it's supernatural without the L. Supernaturalcast on the Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and on Google Plus. You just search for supernatural. You'll probably find us if you search for supernaturalcast specifically. That'd probably be a little easier. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or if you do it in some other form of a podcatcher if you will there is the RSS feed there on our page as well where you can just find the uh, the link for that 
all sorts of ways for you to get in contact with us. We'd love for you to do that. I'd like to hear your thoughts about these episodes, your theories, or suggestions of how we can make the show better. And obviously having the show out more regularly would make it better. And don't forget, right after this little contact us section, we do have the Dean Quote of the Week, which kind of finishes out our show, and then we go into our outro music. And then there's one brief thing I want to mention that's not necessarily Supernatural Cash related. I did actually get in contact with iTunes, and I actually have an artist page now. I have several little podcasts, and a couple of them are kind of older, not really up to date exactly now. But all the ones that I have had, and then I made a new catch-all feed, are all listed under the Jimmy and Georgia brand or whatever you want to call it now um if you're in the itunes store you can if you're if you see one of our podcasts such as supernatural cast if you're in the itunes store if you scroll over jimmy and georgia it's now a link or it also shows like on the left side show all podcasts from this provider or something and i think total there's seven feeds there one of which being the catch-all feed that i created it has everything i'll put together and then the other ones for the Falling Skies cast, Supernatural cast, and the Random City podcast are the main three that I'm actually trying to update now with a couple of older ones that aren't as up to date. All right, well, it's time for the Dean Quote of the Week, so that means it's time to say goodnight. So from the Supernatural cast, I'm Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Dean Quote of the Week. Sorry, man. About what? I really wish things could be different, you know? I wish you could just be Joe College. Nah, it's okay. You know, truth is, even at Stanford, deep down, I never really fit in. Well, that's because you're a freak. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm a freak, too. I'm right there with you all the way. Yeah, I know you are. You know, I gotta say, I'm sorry I'm gonna miss it. Miss what? How many chances am I gonna have to see my own funeral? Fake Dean, sweet tape. I think that's a good introduction.